1: Sick with this, I'm sick with this. Since you wasn't enough, I lost touch admit, my own sweet sound. Didn't teach what I thought. I don't recognize anymore. I don't wanna be defeated. I don't wanna be defeated. I don't wanna be
0: defeated. I don't wanna be defeated. Hello, everybody. What's up? Welcome back to another episode of the show of the podcast. Lead Singer Syndrome. I am your host as always, Shane Told, as I take you into the lives of other lead singers with backstage conversations. Right now, I am in Los Angeles, California, living the dream. Man, I love California. I love LA. We had an amazing show last night in Anaheim. We sold out the Anaheim House of Blues. Much love to everybody who was at the show or just anybody that supported us in Southern California over the years. It was incredible. And what was really cool as well was the House of Blues actually made us these skateboards that say the date of the show and have the robot guy on it and uh, and say sold out. So that was a really nice gesture of the House of Blues to do that for us as well. So very, very excited right now in a great mood, beautiful weather. And I got to say, man... Only disappointment is being here in California and looking at how much money we've raised for the California wildfires, which I know they've put them out. That doesn't make people's houses come back. That doesn't make people's places of work come back or their cars come back or any of that stuff. There are still people struggling. So please donate to calfund.org. There are perks. Send an email with your proof of donation of $25 or more to sinners4good at gmail.com, S-Y-N-N-E-R-S-4-G-O-O-D at gmail.com, and we're going to roll out some stuff, but uh, right now, I wanted to raise $5,000, and we're just over the $1,000 mark, so a little bit disappointed, but, um, you know, I understand money can be tight, but hey, um, Still something I really feel passionate about. So please check it out again, calfund.org. Which brings me to the next piece of news. This week's guest, also from California, Mr. Cove Reber, formerly of Seosin, currently of Dead American. And what a story. I mean, this, I called him up, I thought we were going to talk for the standard 35, 45, 50 minutes, maybe. We were on the phone for an hour and a half. That's why this is a two part episode. We go real deep. We go real deep into his childhood, getting into the band, what happened that he left Saleson or was forced out of Salesin, however you look at it, and what he's doing now. Very, very interesting stuff. A great guy. And I want to thank Cove so much for taking so much time to speak with me so you guys could hear this. So I'm going to roll this out now. Part two will be up shortly. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be up next Tuesday or if I'm going to put it up over next weekend. Keep an ear to the ground. Check it out. Because part one is action-packed and part two is even more action-packed. Before we get into that, as always, I want to remind you, you can always get in touch with me. I check my email religiously. It is syndrome at gmail.com. I try to get back to everyone. And also, um, of course, we're on social media. So hit us up on Instagram or Twitter uh, or Facebook, actually. Facebook always has some nice things going on as well. I want to remind you guys, we do have the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club, which is the best way to support this show, to support this program. Keep it free and keep it coming at you week after week. We got bonus episodes. I've done bonus episodes with members of Miss May I, August Burns Red, Bear Tooth, as well as so many industry insiders, people from Hopeless Records, music managers, photographers, We've got a pretty cool episode with Jared Alonji coming out pretty soon. If you want this, if one episode a week is not enough for you, check it out. Head over to leadsingersyndrome.com slash access For as little as $6 a month, you get access to all the stuff I mentioned and a whole lot more, including question and answer sessions with me. I play some tunes. I do some cover songs once in a while. And a great community of other fans of the show, like-minded people. We're doing meetups all over the country, everywhere. Saw a bunch of people yesterday in LA. Saw a bunch of people in Florida. Saw a bunch of people in New York, New Jersey. It just keeps coming. So yes, check it out again for as little as $6 a month. syndrome.com slash all access. All right, well, I'm going to keep it short this week. We got a lot of stuff to cover. Here it is, my conversation with Cove, formerly of Saleson.
1: You can sell.
0: How are you, buddy? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, fantastic. uh, Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm just on tour, uh, doing doing the thing. Hell yeah! Where uh, are you at right now? Uh, uh, Philadelphia.
2: Ooh, Philly. So you guys playing? Uh, what is that? What is out there? The truck? We we just electric theater. What is that?
0: um, Yeah, I think you're talking about Electric Factory. We we played at um we played at the Fillmore last night, which is a new venue. (laughs) Ooh, a like, uh, couple years old. It's, it's really nice. It's like a 2,500 cap. Um, it's just beautiful. It's one of the best venues I think in the country.
2: That's fucking awesome. So
0: yeah, it's great, man. It's great, man. So, Hey, um, that is sick. thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I've wanted to have you on the show for a while and you wouldn't believe dude, how many people have requested you as a guest Tons <laughs> and tons and tons. You have a lot of really big fans that listen to this podcast.
2: That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I didn't know I still had fans.
0: <laughs> oh, you, you definitely still have still have fans. <laughs> I'm glad we're laughing about it. Um, you know, in fact, one of um, the members of the All Access Club named their daughter Kovalin after you.
2: Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Kovalin.
0: Yeah. I feel I
2: feel like I might have gotten an Instagram name or an Instagram message about that yeah I don't know i don't know it's, there's it's, been a there's been a few a few random uh posts that i've that I've seen come across my my feed where I'm like oh and in' their kid Cove that's dope or Coveland or something some some rendition i guess of of my name
0: absolutely and nice. it's hard
2: that's it's cool. it's hard to stay out of trouble with a name like Cove bro <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, dude. It's it's like, there's only one of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> one of us. That's funny. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess having like, I, I mean, my name is, is not common, but it's not, it's conventional. It's a name people have heard before. Uh, Cove is not a conventional name. So was growing up with a name like that tough? Is it still tough? Um, I
2: w- it's, it's definitely not as tough anymore just because obviously life experience but growing up for sure man yeah. I grew up in this like really small town in the middle of the uh, the high desert here in California um, it's like a there's like a Navy base out in the middle of nowhere that they basically just like test missiles and and like airplanes and, and shit all day and uh, and in that small town I, of course I'm the only kid named Co. so <laughs> you know My dad was, like, selling computers to the military. He was, like, a part of our our church, like, heavily connected into our church and was also on the school board. So anytime, like, you know, I got in trouble, it was like, you know, there's only one of me in the town. (laughs) In all likelihood, if it gets back to me, all my friends are going down, too. So, you know, it was uh, was definitely harder as a kid to stay out of trouble than than it is now.
0: Absolutely. So you talking about your dad. You talk about California. Uh, let's start at the beginning. I love. I love to do that. I think everyone's got a unique story, and uh, you definitely do. Um, talk talk yeah. to me about the early days, uh, you know, of your life there in California. What, what you know, it was like with your family structure, and um, and uh, what, what kind of role music played a part, you know, in the in the early years.
2: Oh man. Oh, where to begin on this question? No. So basically, all all I remember. From growing up is is California. Like I was born in 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 Provo, Utah. Oh, I was yeah. a BYU baby. Um, I grew up in an LDS family. Yeah. Um, and the bubble, the bubble that mo- like people talk within the the LDS community that that there's like this bubble over Utah and and all all the you know there's like the big they call it the Mormon bubble. Yeah. Um, well, my, my, the town that I grew up in, there was a, you know, de- there was definitely a bubble too, because of how small it was. Um, but you know, I grew up in a, in a, I don't know. I, I grew up, I grew up with, with the dopest family ever, man. Like,
0: cool, awesome.
2: All, all of my, all of my, you know, my parents are still together. My, my, both my sisters and I, you know, we're all still, we all still love one another and, and you know cuz that's what we were taught when we were when we were growing up and i you know i think if it wasn't for the you know the, the the morals and and the the values that were instilled in me you know through through my family um i wouldn't have like i wouldn't have become you know the man that i am today but i grew up growing up in the church um you know there's a lot of like there's a lot of, you know, singing and, and, choir and, you know, whether that's like youth choir or whatever. So I grew up with my aunt basically as my, uh, my, my youth choir teacher. So it was, it was kind of dope. I was like one of the younger kids that was, that was in choir. Like I hated, I hated the fact that my, my sister was super down to do plays Right and thus in, in in the in the community because I just never had the guts to like get up on a stage in front of so many people you know and have like my own line to sing or my own song to sing in a play or something like that. But my sister, she always had the guts to like get up and do that, <laughs> you know. And uh, so me me singing in choir in, in in our church choir in our youth church choir that was like that was like my way of of You know, feeling comfortable. I'm like, well, I can't suck because there's all these other kids around me that are singing too.
1: Right. And we definitely
2: don't suck. So
0: funny. So it sounds like you were a little bit of an introverted kid then. You know, you weren't a super outgoing attention seeker.
2: I mean, I'm I'm still that kid, dude. Yeah. I'm still like an introverted person, you know? Like, even to this day, people will be like, yo, we're going out to do this. And I'm like,
1: ah. I'm gonna stay here.
2: I'm okay. <laughs> I don't need to go out and do that. Like I'll I'll play video games at home or, you know, whatever. I don't need to I don't need to go out. Right. But yeah, I'm still kind of an introverted introverted dude and like I can talk but at the same time like you know I, I i don't think people would, would really believe me if if i said that <laughs> bird by, by saying that you know like being a, a front man of the band and sure. you know touring and and after every show going out and talking to everybody and you know being a part of uh, being a part of the crowd and getting used to the crowd like that like i don't think people would necessarily believe that i'm pretty introverted but well, I, I, I'm I mean,
0: knowing you a little bit, you know, it's funny that that and, and Silverstein never actually did a proper tour together. It's really weird that that never happened. All those years we were kind yeah. of, you know, walking this in the same circles. Um, but, you know, uh, I from knowing you, I kind of know you to be a little bit that way, though, a little more laid back, whereas the, the Seosin band was always very like type A personality, very intense. You always yeah. were the more laid back side of it. At least that's the general vibe that I got.
2: I think that's the general vibe that, that anybody who knew that band before I got into the band, um, if viewed, viewed it as like, I was told by numerous friends of theirs, like ever since you've been in the band, they've mellowed out like, Oh, that's cool. A lot. You know, I was like, Really? Cuz it still feels like they're freaking crazy. <laughs> but but uh yeah man like that's just I don't know my dad my dad's pretty mellow. You yeah. know, him and I have have the same type of of personality, you know, he's got he's definitely got different traits than I do. Um but at the same time like he's just a laid back guy and you know me being me being the oldest and the only the only son in the family, it's like I just kind of take after my dad.
1: Yeah, that
0: makes sense. Being so, laid back. So, what about music? How is um, so? So, you got into the choir stuff with your church, but when was it? Like, all right, I'm gonna I want to sing some rock and roll. When did that start happening? Um,
2: so before I before I moved, I moved to San Diego, well, North County, San Diego, in 1999, and I think in yeah so the the Christmas before we moved my my parents got me one of those uh Paul McCartney violin looking basses oh yeah, yeah the Yeah,
1: Hoffman. bro the yeah bass. dude
2: they got me one of those and uh and you know I kind of like messed around with it before I moved to San Diego and then when we moved i was I was fourteen and I was going I was like. Two months into my my eighth grade year, that's a tough so, tough
0: age to move.
2: Oh, dude, it sucked. It was yeah. the worst. I got like crazy depressed. Wouldn't come out of my room. All like basically down. Like I was in I was in uh, like traditional school. So or traditional like uh, not year round school. We just did like. You know, September to June, yeah, yeah, yeah. to like end of June, and then we had the whole summer off. But when I moved down to San Diego, they were in year round, so they were on block schedules. So you were like two months on, one month off, and if you were in eighth, yeah, bro, it was super weird. So if you went, there was three track systems that they had, and they were all different colors, and the track that I I was supposed to jump into was full, and the other two tracks basically like the the kids that I knew from church, nobody was on one of the tracks. So or one of the one of the other like, you know, year round periods. So they moved me onto a a track that was basically like four months ahead of where I was at. So I only had like five or six months of eighth grade, which was tight, but it put me behind. Yeah. So Basically, it put me behind in my schooling. So basically, going into into high school, like I I was like a seventh grader going into high school. You know, I I feel like I skipped eighth grade, yeah, um, which was which was tight at the time (laughs) because you know I had all this time off. But at the same time, I was like so far behind in my schooling that that music kind of kind of became my my life at that point, And what I just mean picked exactly? up that. You just,
0: you, well, just...
2: I, you know, so, so when I left, um, um, let me back this up. So when I left Ridgecrest, that's the town that I grew up in, um, Blink-182 had put out this, had put out Enema of the State yeah. around that time. And every kid in my town was like, the biggest Blink One Eighty Two fan because Mark Hoppus had apparently like gone to that high school that uh, I, right. I I had gone to or I was supposed to go to. So when I moved to San Diego, I was like, oh, I'm kind of following in this Mark Hoppus like <laughs> like you know uh, his footsteps or sure, whatever. Sure. So I picked up I picked up the bass when I even more when I moved to San Diego. Ah, uh, right, and a couple. A couple of my friends that I I had made that were a little bit older than me, um, they had they had been in bands and their older brothers had been in bands, and my friend Jordan, he took me under his wing, and was like was like you know you need to do music you need to do music so I would always go with him to his band practices, and uh, I ended up meeting I ended up meeting his. Like the singer slash bass player of his band, he had a little brother. His name's Joey, and I ended up meeting Joey. My he was like going into my sophomore year of high school. Joey was going into his freshman year, and we started we started a, a little band called Mormon in the Middle, a little high school band, <laughs> and uh, it, it was super fun, man! It, like pop punk to the max, bro. Yeah. I, Yellow card minus the the violin. <laughs> That's basically what we were going <laughs> right for. Um, but yeah, I just got like super involved in in music, and music kind of just took over my life. Since you know I was like failing all of my classes, I didn't right. care. My, right, right, my school right. was I a now. my school was a joke, and yeah, I just I just kind of like dove head over heels into uh, into making music, listening to music, you know, seeking out. Local, local San Diego bands who were, or Southern California bands who were doing stuff, or about getting ready to pop off. Like, like I remember uh, one of the bands that that we all got into was was Rufio. Yeah. And I remember I remember finding Rufio because we were we were like searching. uh, What was that? Lime? Was it LimeWire?
1: Yeah. Like we we
2: were like downloading illegal music. And they had, like, they had, like, tricked. They, had, like, posted one of their songs with the yellow, like, as though it was yellow card. Yeah. We were like, who is this band? It's not yellow card. And then come to find out it was Rufio. But, uh, but yeah, man, I just got, like, really heavy into, into music down once I moved down into San Diego. And, you know, the rest is kind of history as far Absolutely. as that's concerned.
0: Absolutely. A little side note about Rufio. Um, Rufio, I remember as being they were the mp 3com band. com yes. band. You remember mp 3com Hell yeah, dude! And
2: it was it was. I found so many good bands off of mp 3com there, there was a
0: lot of really good bands, um, and it was weird because you know back then there was like Napster and stuff, and LimeWire, and you know all those different. Different websites, with, but they were always really sketchy. And it wasn't like today where you find like a torrent file or something and like you can get a record in like five minutes or less. Yeah. It was like, okay, I want this record. I'm going to have to leave my computer on all day, come home from school, yes. and then hopefully it's done downloading. It didn't mess up, and hopefully it's actually what I <laughs> thought it was. So a lot of people, including myself, Got fed up with with Napster and all that that you know illegal downloading because uh, mm-hmm. it was so sketchy. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go to MP3.com. No, they don't have like a bunch of bands that I've heard of, but I'm going to discover all these new bands. And and yep. for some reason, Rufio was like always at the top of the charts on there. And then yeah, they, they then they it. then they became a legitimate you know real band uh, you know and and they put out a lot of great records. Like um, perhaps I suppose is still. It's funny. Perhaps I suppose the first song is called Above Me. Yep. Every time I plug in my phone into like a, I don't know, a random car or whatever, that song always starts playing because it's the first song like alphabetically. (laughs) And it has this little fade in with this, um, like,
1: <laughs> like this, you know what I'm talking about? This
2: is so up of me. Exactly. Hell
0: yeah, bro. So I am so what up? There you go. And and I have heard that song more times than probably any song ever. To the, even like just the other day, I was in a rental car and I plug in my phone and it, and it fades in all funny too. Um, so I'm, I'm always like, what's going on? Oh, it's fading. Oh, that's, oh, it's that song again. <laughs> that's a, that's a
2: great ass song, man. I love Rufio. Dude. I love Rufio so much. Great. So man. many good memories with that, with that band and, and doing, doing fun stuff, like going out to the river and having my, my friends, you know, we're all wakeboarding and hitting the toe bowls and stuff and just playing that, that record, like, as loud as we can over the speakers.
0: I know, man, absolutely such I a should, good record. I should try to get Scott on the show. He's still making hell music. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I ran
2: into him like a few years back, and like just completely dorked
0: out. It was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh,
2: you're the you're the dude from Ruby.
0: I know. <laughs> I actually kind of kind of did that too because we were we were on Warp Tour together. And, like, they were, you know, they were playing some shows. This is, like, maybe 2004. This is, like, pretty early on. It was 2004, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah. And um, he was just, like... It was, like, around bus call. So, most... Like, a lot of buses had pulled away. And everyone was kind of wrapping it up. But he was sitting outside his bus door. Which is, like, not typically a place people sit. Because it's, like... Yeah. It's loud over there beside the side of the bus. Usually people Mm -hmm. sit in front of the bus or behind the bus. So, he was sitting by the side, and he looked like really, really bummed out. And I just was like, "Oh, this is." I was had been drinking, and I was like, "Oh, this is my opportunity to just say hi to this guy." And I was like, "I was like, oh, hey, man, um, you're you're Scott, right?" And and he says, "Yeah." I said, "Oh, I uh, I really like your I really like your uh, band." He goes, "My band won't drink with me because they're all Christians." that's what he said. that's what he said to me. Oh god. And I was like, okay, I don't think you want to talk right now. And uh <laughs> yeah. Or something something along those lines. I don't know if it was exactly what he said, but uh yeah. But uh what a bummer.
1: I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know. I didn't know that either. But um anyways, man. So so you're you're 14 years old. You're really getting into blink-182. You're playing in a band called Mormon in the middle. Um so take me through, kind of the years that like through through I guess high school leading up to when you're about twenty twenty one when, you know when you're auditioning for Saleson.
2: So, okay, so high school, <laughs> so high school we played. There was a lot of my group of friends were all were all heavily into music like that's just, you know. Where I gravitated towards, you know, playing battle of the bands, trying to play like, you know, soma soma side stage down here in San Diego, yeah, yeah. trying to play like any any of, the, and you know, and even even I had friends that were like super young that were trying to get into the promoters business too. So we knew we knew a bunch of a bunch of people locally that that could help us like keep keep playing. You know, we I feel like feel like we played. Like every other weekend, when I was once, once we we had enough songs to go out and play, because of how many bands that that we knew from yeah. from both the high schools that that were in Vista. Um. So that that basically was my life from sophomore year to my senior year, and my senior year of high school was when I think it was like two thousand. I say it was like. Beginning, uh, it was end of 2003. Um, I think sales put out translating the name,
1: yeah.
2: And and uh, one of my one of my buddies who who I, you know, my I call him my cousin, he's not really my cousin, but <laughs> just lifelong, lifelong friends due to my parents, you know, uh, sure. being next door neighbors in college. Uh, we had our first birthdays together. That type of cousin, you know. Yep. Um, he, uh, his name's Tyson, and, and Tyson hit me up because you know he played in bands in Seattle and was was doing the same same style of music, basically doing everything I was doing down here, but just up in Seattle. He hit me up and was like, "Yo, man, have you heard this band Seosin? They're freaking sweet." And I was like, "No, I gotta go check them out. That's a dope name." So mm-hmm. I went and checked out Seosin. And uh I found out that they were from Orange County. And so Sayosin was just just starting to pop off and they had a couple a couple shows announced and hold on. Gotta burp. Can't burp. You're good. Anyways, You're good. So Sayosin was playing some uh some shows down locally. And one of the shows they were playing was was at this church that that one of my uh, one, I think one of my friends was promoting the show, and I was like, okay, I gotta go to this show. Um, turns out my parents had you know some fan like some other like they had like their date night or whatever, so I had to watch my sisters and okay, um, and one of my so yeah, they didn't get home till late night. I ended up missing the show, and I was like. So frustrated, but one of my homies filmed the show, and and I saw I saw them. You know, I obviously watched the video like a hundred times and was like, "This is the craziest band and the craziest show." I'm so pissed that I missed it, and I have to see them live. So they they had booked a tour with my my Chemical Romance and Story of the Year. I think it was like Story of the Year headlining. My Chem was playing. Main support and then Seosin was going to open the show. Yeah, and uh, I bought I bought my tickets. Was didn't really care for for uh, for Mike chem at the time, and I thought like at the time too, I was like, "Story is just another like used ripoff band," right? Because you know, <laughs> just me being in high school and being dumb and not really like actually listening and paying attention.
0: No, I, um, I know, but, but I know what you mean though, because it was like John Feldman produced these bands and they were like put out on major labels and it was sort of like, like, like uh, yeah. the major labels were just trying to make another used. That is really how it did feel with story of the year at first.
1: You're right. It was so sad. Yeah. It was
2: so sad, but, um, so I, I had these tickets and I was super stoked to go to the show and, um, they didn't really put out any information about as to why they canceled the tour Okay. and so I found out that Seosin wasn't going to be playing the show and I was like screw it I'm just going to call it a loss and, and just sell my tickets because that's who I wanted to go see you know Um. so I got rid of my tickets didn't end up going to the show I think I gave my, my tickets to a buddy of mine Um didn't end up going to the show, so I'm sitting in my class, and I, you know, I had become a huge Seosin fan, and I think think this is like beginning of 2004, I'm sitting in my English class my senior year, and I had the same teacher my, my junior and senior year for English, and her first year teaching high schoolers was my junior year, and she basically had come from strict and only teaching strictly teaching kindergartners. She went from teaching kindergartners to teaching high school juniors and seniors. All right. So my junior year, I found out we found that out and we basically took like full advantage of this lady. And oh, no. it was it was awesome. So she <laughs> would read to us like like we were kindergartners. And, oh no! <laughs> yeah, she's sitting up at the front of the class reading us Macbeth, and uh, like kids are just falling asleep on their desk, and and like I think I had like like headphones in one <laughs> one class. Like my senior year, it got to the point where we were all bringing pillows. To, to the class and like we would literally lay down underneath our like half the class would lay down underneath their desk with their pillows and just like <laughs> fall asleep to her reading it was it was classic so i'm sitting in my class and and uh and and the kid next to me um I'm trying to remember his name he was he was in a band that we played with with a couple of times in high school and I was sitting there like humming a, a Saylison song and he, he, he leans over to me as she's reading the book and he goes yo man you know the singer of the band Quit right and I was like what I was like Anthony Quit Saylison he's all yeah man like like they don't have a singer anymore so immediately like I raised my hand and was like can I go to the bathroom <laughs> And we parked, we parked on campus. I had like this minivan that had no back seats that I would just, if I wanted to ditch, I would just go back and, and lay in the back. And I had pillows and blankets and nice. I would just Not bad. pass out. Yeah. And everybody, every, every senior in in the school knew that my, my van was always unlocked, was always super comfortable. And uh, so I go out to my van and there's like kids hanging out inside of my van. And I'm like, I got I, I to gotta go home. I got to go email this band real quick. So <laughs> I ditched my class, hauled ass off the school, like out of the school. Like security guards are chasing me, trying to stop me from like exiting the school during school hours. And I'm 18, so I could have signed myself out, but I was like, screw that. I'm just going to ditch and just, you know, floor it off out of the school. So I ended up going home that day Emailing the band and being like, What the hell? Like, you guys don't have a singer? Like, what's going on with that?
1: And, uh, but at, the, at this up- time,
0: were you, were you like, were you, was it all in your head that I'm gonna be the singer of this band? Or you're just as a fan, like, pissed at them? I was
1: just,
2: I was just at a, I was as a fan, I was just pissed. I was like, How did you guys, like, how did, how did you guys let this, let this go? Like, you right. guys made the most, you know, in my head, I'm like, You guys made the most, like, insane EP that I've ever heard in my life. Like I've never heard anything like this. You know? So I, I went home and emailed him and then Bo hit me back like like two days later or something like that and was like, Yeah, like we don't have a singer right now. We're we're looking to looking to find a singer, like this, this and that. And so I so I just opened up the dialogue and was like, let me try out. Where are you guys based out of in, in Orange County? And he was like, oh, we're in, we're in uh, Newport Beach. And I was like, bro, that's like an hour away. Let me come try out. And Bo, and Bo was like, yeah, we've had people do that in person. And it just hasn't gone over really well. So we're, we're looking for submissions. Like if you, if you want to like try out, just send us, uh, send us a song. Like send us you singing one of our songs or something like that. Right. So immediately I was like, I'm going to get on that. I set up like a little mic in a jar, connected to my dad's PC. <laughs> that was like that had like, like what was what was that like Fruity Loops or whatever? Oh it was yeah, called. yeah.
0: I still use Fruity Loops. I love that uh, program. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude.
2: I remember like, I set up this jar with like this like Radio Shack ten dollar microphone <laughs> and was like, I'm going for it. And I had bronchitis or like strep throat or. Some, something something really crazy and I was super sick but I was like I gotta get this in right now and I sat there for like an hour just playing three different songs and I was not a guitar player I was a bass player mm-hmm. and I just tried, tried learning the songs the best I could I think I did Mookie's Last Christmas Seven Years and Third Measurement in C and by the time I got to Third Measurement in C my voice was just gone, so like half a third measurement C, I just deleted and was like, "I'm sorry, dudes, I have strep throat. Like, <laughs> this is this is the best it's gonna get. Like, here, take it." So I uh, I sent in my I sent in, I like mailed a CD I like burned a CD and mailed it to Bo, and all I wrote on it was my first name and my phone number. Yeah, and uh, I think this was like two and a half months or two months before I ended up getting out of high school they hit me back they called they called the number and my my mom picked up the phone and she's like hey cove uh there's a guy named chris on the phone uh from a band called saosin like i don't i don't really know what's going on but um he wants to talk to you and i literally remember. I ran outside my front door and ran around my house twice, just yelling like, "I can't believe he called me!" Yes. So <laughs> my mom's like, "Come inside and talk to this guy." <laughs> and uh, I get on the phone, and, and Chris is like, "Hey man, was that you on the on the CD?" And I was like, "Yeah man, why? Like wh- why why wouldn't it be?" And he was like, "Cause it, we thought we thought it was Anthony playing a joke on us."
0: Wow. Like is your
2: is your is your name really Cove? And I was like, "Yeah, my name's really Cove." I can't believe I'm talking to you. <laughs> he was like He's like, "Your your demo's pretty good. Like, would you want to come up and try out on Friday?" And I was like, "Yes. Of course." Right. So, I got, you know, at this time I was wearing like I had like some Osiris. Uh, what do they call those shoes? Like the yeah, big, yeah, like.
1: I know what you're
0: talking about the, the big fatty Osiris. Yeah.
2: Oh, bro, I was like skater die, but I was like one of those like famous stars and straps kid. I had the I had the the white belt with the stars on it and the belt <laughs> buckle and like I had like the hat, the, the trucker hat and at the time. I had you know like four pins on my trucker hat and like. I just look like a total goofball going up to try out but I get up to the their practice and I'm I'm just like completely shocked could not believe I'm I'm standing in the presence of a band that I've never seen before right but was for sure my favorite band of all time, you know, at, at that at that moment. Crazy and,
0: and and a band that only has an EP and it's their favorite band of all time. It's crazy right mm-hmm. T- to think about that. One hundred percent.
2: It was it was absolutely nutty, you know, like Yellow Card up until Saosin came out was was my jam, you know, like yeah. Like I, I have so many photos of me with with those dudes in Yellow Card, but when Sayosen came out I was like, This is the new sound. This is where music to me is is headed. And right. it was Abs- and, and you know, this is where I feel like and it was, we're going.
0: And it absolutely oh, was. Hell I yeah. Mean, Okay. So you, so, I mean, you get in the band, it goes all great. You have some serious big shoes to fill and Saleson at this point probably has more hype than any band ever. I mean, it wasn't just you in San Diego freaking out about the band in high school. There were people all over the country, all over the world freaking out about this band. Did did that? Pre- did you understand that kind of pressure that was being put on you at that time? I don't
2: know if I really understood the pressure. Um, I knew there were big shoes to fill, mm-hmm. but and I knew that they had they had you know a fan base across across at least America because my cousin in in Seattle hit me up about them, so I knew they were like. I knew they were well known, but I didn't know to what extent the band. You know, because in, in Southern California, like at that time, there were bands that were that were popping off. Like like Rufio had popped off. Thrice, right, right, right. sure. Thrice was popping off. Um, you know, Thrice had put out artists in the Ambulance" and and had signed to Island.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: Um, and and. I knew there were like I knew there was something going on in the scene that surrounded Seosin but I didn't quite understand the shoes that I was filling until I saw the reaction of you know I think we did like 7 dates on Warp Tour where I sang one song and Phil from Story of the Year, oddly enough was uh, was singing the rest of the songs, and i didn't quite understand it until I saw the reaction from the crowd to you know Phil singing the songs like those songs meant the same amount to me as they did to all of these kids at the smart punk stage on warp tour and So wait um, wait wait,
0: wait, why was Phil singing the songs and <clears throat> That's weird. So,
2: <laughs> isn't that weird? Yeah, it, it, it was. It was, but it, it wasn't it to me because I had never been a, a, a front man. You know, I, I had always held a, a bass, you know, right, or right. an acoustic guitar, or you know, just some type of instrument in front of me, and I had never, I'd never just held the microphone in my hand. Um, and I don't know if Phil had either, but Phil had done enough touring to where he knew, you know. I think the biggest show I had played up until that point was maybe for like two hundred kids at a battle of the bands. Right, that, of course, you know,
1: of course. Like,
2: was just all of our friends from high school, so um, it wasn't really that weird to me that 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 Phil was singing because it gave me it gave me stage time in in the sense of like. You know, like getting the feeling of just looking at the crowd from the stage. You know, Um, right? Which is, which oddly enough, is something that I did. (laughs) The uh, like two nights ago, I went and saw Circa out in uh, in Anaheim. Oh yeah, and I was like, I was like, I I should probably go and at least just like stand on stage to just side stage and like look at the crowd just to just to kind of like observe. Like reactions and, and see how see how it like yeah it's not me standing on stage but and singing but like that's a it's a weird feeling you know like my first time my first time singing at uh, uh, the uh, we recorded I can tell and it went on the Smart Punk uh, volume one of yeah, some yeah. you know whatever uh, mixtape that they put out and. So I sang, when I sang that that song, it was so bad. like I, I remember the first time going out, I was like I've, I remember telling them that day I was like, "I've never held a microphone in my hands, guys, like outside of practice with you guys. like I've never done this." And they were like they looked at me like, "What? You've never done this?" I was like, "No, man, what do I do?" And I remember Chris and Bo being like, "Just jump down into the into the middle in the, the little barricade and like, just go nuts." And I was like, okay, (laughs) I guess that's (laughs) what I'll do. So I remember the whole time I just spent like in, in the crowd, basically, you know, singing, I can tell. And it was so bad my first time, but you know, as, as is expected, you know, your first time singing, like, I don't know, first time standing on a stage in front of more than just your friends and, and homies, like it's kind of a big deal. Of course. You know? and, so. and the biggest
0: thing too that people don't understand, and you know, this is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast, is when you stand on stage and you're singing, it's, it's unlike anything you've ever done before because you can't hear yourself. Like, you, like No matter how good your monitors are, it's still way worse. It doesn't sound like you're in your shower. It doesn't sound like you're in your car. <laughs> yes. it, it doesn't like, sound like a like,
2: familiar area. There's a loud <laughs> ass
0: guitar lamp on either side of you and bass rumbling the whole stage and cymbals in your ears and you can't hear anything. And it's very difficult to sing live on stage. It just is. You yeah. Know? And you weren't using any of your monitors yet or something like that, that, that can help a lot, you know? So it's, it's, if you don't have experience with that. It isn't like making your demo or, or singing in, in a little studio that that you made, uh, you know, out of your dad's PC. It's like you can't hear shit. <laughs> it's just the way it no, is. No, you
2: you could. I couldn't hear anything, bro. Like I was so out of key. I think there's a recording that's floating around somewhere of it. That's just so bad. Yeah. I remember hearing it and being like, oh, I'm gonna get kicked out of this band because I suck. <laughs> but. But you know it was it was just like a trial period you know we right. they needed to see they needed to see how right. I was gonna like react to them being on tour. We did seven shows I think, on warp tour that first year, and I got to rekindle relationships with uh with the under Oath guys, yeah. Um, and and Spencer had just joined the band and they just put out Chasing Safety. Yeah. So I got to meet I got to meet Spencer and and you know rekindle the relationships with the rest of those guys and from first to last was on that tour. Yeah. Yesterday's Rising was on that yeah. tour.
0: We actually were on a bunch um, of it too just not the same days you were. Yeah. Cuz we were also on one of the smart, the smart punk bands uh, you know, mm. on that stage. That was such a
2: sick stage. That was like that was like the drive through the drive through stage when drive through wasn't there anymore
0: yeah to- no totally and it was cool because you know and i'm sure you remember it um you know like warp tour before that was so punk you know it was like all epitaph yep. fat records and then this was like our own little movement you know what i mean and it, would, it was yeah. cool when there was like a an, an older punk band playing on a main stage and whatever band was on the smart punk stage had more people watching them you know what I mean? It was like our own little revolt, you know, over there. So, I, I really loved that that experience too.
2: Same, man. Same. I remember th- one of the one of the biggest reasons that I got into music was was because of Warped Tour. My uh, the homie Jordan that I had mentioned, who kind of pulled me under his wing and and introduced me to uh, to Joey, who's playing guitar for the Used right now. Um, he took me out to Warped Tour. And we went and we watched AFI, and yeah. Davey Havoc came flying. They were playing main stage, and he came flying out of the uh, the semi truck <laughs> where all the all the gear is, and he hit the back of the drum riser, jumped over the drum kit, and over the drummer, did a full iron cross in the air, <laughs> hit his knees, like slid from like you know from from iron cross he he, he hit his knees slid to the front of the stage and was yelling some nonsense. I don't remember what it was. Probably just, yeah! Right. You know? Right. <laughs> and I remember seeing that and being like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want I want to feel, I want to make people feel that, like, how I feel right now. Because that was one of the coolest things I had ever seen up until that point, was, was Davey Havoc just losing his mind in, like, this is like long black hair, oh, yeah. probably sleeping oh, yeah. in a coffin.
0: You know, he used to have the umbrella he'd carry around everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. I, re- I remember.
2: Legit, such a legit dude. But yeah, man, like that—that that was basically like that. You know, that smart punk, that smart punk stage, and and uh, that first, those first seven shows were like my introduction to. To Sayosin and and to the to the fan base, you know. Absolutely. After that, we did we did a, a strung out tour with oh, yeah. uh, with I think it was Death by Stereo was on that tour strung out and this band called Last of the
0: Famous. Okay, I don't remember them, but that's, yeah, they were yeah, like a, very a, punk a tour. Euro band. Yeah, that it was, was a punk.
2: super punk tour, and I remember like even in high school, um, what was it, American Paradox.
0: That the that's one of the records. Yeah.
2: So um, I think American Paradox had had come out while I was in high school, and when when Seosin was like, "Yeah, we've we've got a we've got a uh, a strung out tour," I was like, "No way!" Like I'm gonna be. I have the chance to tour with some of my favorite bands.
0: Like, yeah, it's cool. It's very it's holy such a cool shit, feeling.
2: That's that's so dope. You know. So that was my that was my first actual tour with seos and where I sang all of the songs I was the front man
1: right.
2: you know all the weight was on my shoulders right. and and the shoes that I was I could actually feel how big the shoes were that i was I was filling. yeah at the time but bringing it back around to that it's like I had to I had to make a you know I kind of made it like a, a a decision on that tour where it was like Am I filling shoes or am I just wearing my own shoes and and gonna take this take this project and, and instead of like wearing used shoes, kind of like bring in my own my own shoes and like just accept the fact that like, you know, this is no longer this is no longer me filling in. This is this is my band,
0: you yes. know. Well, exactly. So, <clears throat> but I feel like that's something that maybe you wrestled with a lot um, because you got in this band because you sounded exactly like Anthony Green. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That was why they they picked you, and you know, and of course, those people had only heard that EP with him singing. So, you go into the, the live show, you're trying to emulate a certain, um, you know, sound. And then you go in to make the first album, and it's like that's that's part of the challenge. I, I imagine yeah. it was it was definitely a challenge.
2: Um, I think because of you know we signed to Capitol Records. I think I was I think I was like I don't even think I was 20, 21 yet when I had, no I wasn't twenty one yet. I think I was I had just turned twenty when we signed our deal with Capitol. And, you know, I remember, I remember working on demos for, for the full length record and being like, you know, I don't, I don't need, I don't necessarily need to, to emulate Anthony anymore. I right. just need to like show, showcase like who I am and, and my, and my personality and, and, and write about the things that, that are meaningful to me, you know? Totally. Um, cause at that time, you know, there was a lot of, <clears throat> there was a lot of like negative, I don't want to say negativity that, that I, I found, I found in the music that I was listening to, but it wasn't like, there wasn't a lot of hope. Yeah. And, and that was something that to me, I was like, I feel like there's, I feel like with, with heavy music, you know, the majority of, of the content, just because of the sonic vibes, I guess we'll call it like, or I'll call it, um, it just, it, it brings out a lot of like negative energy. So, um, so for me going into that, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a happy person. Like I'm a, I don't, I don't really have like a lot of negative things to, <laughs>
1: right,
2: okay. to to talk about you know my life my life up until this point has been great. you know I grew up in a family that that both mom and dad were still together and yeah my my sisters were were both badasses in their own right and <laughs> you know like you know love one another like that was that was my mentality. and so when I got into into the writing process, I wanted to. For the first record, I wanted to, like, really showcase, like, that there's there's hope, you know, out there absolutely.
1: for
2: for everybody, you know? And that's, hence, you know, You're Not Alone and Voices and all those songs off of, yeah. off of that first no, record had a, had a lot of hope in it. And
0: it's a beautiful record and it was a beautiful, you know, um, time. I mean, absolutely. But, you know... And going back to what I said earlier about my interpretation of Seosin being the guys in the band being very, very type A, serious, intense personalities and you being more of a laid back kind of guy, uh, there must have been personality clashes. And not only that, but just the age difference, you know, I mean, nowadays, what, you're like 33, uh, Bo's maybe like 37, 38. They're they're around that age. Um, So that isn't as big a deal. But when you're talking about the difference between somebody that's an 18 year old out of high school and somebody that's like 22,
2: 20, 23, 24. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, You know, and and you're like in sort of like you're now in like steering the ship of their future. I mean, there must have been so much micromanaging going on being like, no, do this. Don't do this. You know, Um, or I mean, were they really hard on you?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A delayed response. I think, I think that's but yeah. the shortest. That's the shortest answer you're gonna hear from me,
1: right? Out,
2: out of this whole interview, is yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, 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 so I, you know, I, I'm the I'm the oldest in my family, you know. Right. So for me, like when I when I joined, it was like I just I, I gained. Four older brothers who had all this like well like like so like just depth of knowledge and in music and like like they introduced me to like so many bands that that you know m- my group of friends necessary like we didn't we didn't listen to but you know they, they just they had all this 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 knowledge you know yeah and totally for me to kind of like accept that like they were since they were older, they were going to steer the ship, you know, like they, they had their, their, you know, uh, they had more, how do I put this? Like they had more knowledge as to what it is that, that we were, you know, going to accomplish than even I did. Yeah at the time, so, you know, there was a lot, there was a lot of things that, that happened during the making of the first record that, you know, I'll, I'll just kind of leave out, but, you know, there was a lot of arguments, there was a lot of, a lot of fighting, a lot of, you know, I don't like this, I don't like that, you know, people, people arguing, you know, about, about, like, just the nitty gritty
0: Right, of, nit- of every little, nit, yeah. yeah,
2: they're nitpicking everything, bro. Yeah, so it, it got it got to the point where it was, you know, I, I kind of felt felt a little bit of I don't know I want to say failure, but that's just the only word that comes to mind right now. Where it was like, man, can I can I even do this? You know, and once once Howard Benson came into the picture with the record, um. That guy really, really did the best job refereeing, right? The nitpicking because you know he had done so many amazing records that that I loved. You know, Pod Satellite, like what a what a sick record. Speaking of another San Diego band,
1: there you go.
2: Um, and uh, even um, Blindside Silence, like yeah. I remember seeing that pitiful video and being like this is this is the next band to, to do something special even though you know they didn't really pop they off right but those two bands like you know every single time I saw Howard I was like dude you 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 worked with two of my favorite bands that like wrote two of my favorite records um, and he was able to to kind of you know I, I play referee and step in when, when the, let's just call them verbal beatings were, uh, were, were happening, you know? Um, well, I don't know. It just seemed like it 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 wasn't, it wasn't
0: a lot of fun for you, you know, like what you had to go through and you know, it was like, it was just like, everything's your fault if something doesn't go well. Um, going through it. Yeah. Going through the writing process for sure. But once the record was,
2: was done and it was, it was out, like, I didn't feel any of that, man. Like I didn't like all those thoughts literally just got like pushed to the wayside and, and it was just game time. It was like, you know, we have to, you know, we have to do this perfectly from here on out, you know? And I think, I think with the amount of touring that we did off of the first record, you know, I I think the U's put out two records and we only had one out. In that amount of time, you right, know, like we, right. tou- we toured for two and a half years, bro. Yeah. Off of that first record. Um, so it was, it, it was kind of like unheard of what we were doing. We did two or three world tours and like countless American tours. Um, so it, the, the, sh- the shoot, there were no, like, that's when, that to me is when like, there were no, more shoes for me to fill. Yeah. This was my band. These were my shoes. You know, yeah, absolutely. anybody. You absolutely. Know, anybody who second guesses second guesses that is like dumb in my opinion.
0: So there it is. The first half of my conversation with Cove. So yes, keep your ear to the ground for when part two is gonna drop. I know I left you hanging here. But hey, you know what? Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. That's how I get you. If you're out of podcasts to listen to, definitely check out the All Access Club. Again, the link leadsingersyndrome.com slash access And once again, I want to thank everybody in California for the love and support of Silverstein for now 15 years. It is truly amazing we've sold out all of our california shows which is awesome although we are coming back to san diego in january so check that out tickets are on sale for our show at house of blues i'll leave you with a tune here is a sales and classic voices on lead singer syndrome peace and love i will see you next time